Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. Today's episode is going to be a continuation of the last episode. The title is Why Holding Trump Accountable is a Must. Last episode I talked about, you know, imagine if the coup had succeeded and the situation we'd be in as kind of a a roundabout way of saying we need to indict Trump and also being thankful that the the you know the alternative didn't come to pass. I'm going to build on that today because I've just heard a lot of confusion in camps of pretty smart people about why or why not Trump will be indicted or should be indicted. So I really want to take on the kind of two forms of confusion and just make as clear a case as why that it is a must. It's just non-negotiable. And I'll I'll get to that in a second. I do want to briefly mention, you know, this new news. Again, this podcast tends not to be about what's recently in the news, but this is big. And that is Chuck Schumer, Majority Leader, and Senator Joe Manchin came to a deal on a framework for a reconciliation bill that includes not only extending Obamacare subsidies, uh, but also for the first time, the federal government being able to negotiate drug prices under Medicare and therefore bring down drug prices considerably. But the most important is the climate section. You know, almost $400 billion on climate investments over a decade. And if some of you might remember when I started the first podcast of the year here in 2022, there was three things I said needed to happen. One was indicting Trump, which we'll talk about today. This, the other was a climate bill. And then the third uh, was a election reform bill. But the climate bill, if I could do all three, you know, the indicting Trump and the climate would be, those would be pretty much tied. But from a policy standpoint, The climate bill is just the most important thing. It's something that I've been working on for a number of years. Others I know I've been working on for decades and is just absolutely crucial. So this is incredibly good news. However, I am not going to talk more detail about it until it is passed and signed by President Biden. And then I will get into a lot of the details, how we got here, the actual contents of the bill, the politics of it. There's just a lot of basically really good things to talk about. And I really look forward to that. And, you know, obviously one lesson here is it ain't over till it's over on both ends, right? We thought, you know, I thought, everyone thought the climate bill was dead and here we are, it has life. But yet again, even though it has life until it's signed at the president's desk, you know, it's not law. So, um, you know, let's just all thoughts and prayers and good energy and good vibes and all the all the cliches, throw it out there into the universe to get this over the finish line. And the sooner the better, and I'll come back and talk about it. So let's come back to the theme here about holding Trump accountable. And I want to break down again the camp 
of people who are unsure of whether Trump should be indicted into two categories. The first are those who think that the Department of Justice is some type of neutral entity that will analyze the facts and if there is sufficient evidence, indict Trump and his co-conspirators. And therefore, we just have to sit back and trust the process. Right. And these people think that essentially the justice works kind of like a computer. You just input a certain amount of data and it spits out the result. Now, of course, at some level, this is true. Right. You know, if someone walks up to someone in broad daylight and shoots them in the face and kills them, that fact that is caught on tape, that there are witnesses, you know, put into a justice system will, you know, result in a murder conviction. Right. I mean, that's how these things work. There is a certain amount, of course, of just evidence lead to outcome. But the notion that the entire process works like that, that it is just basically a computer system is deeply, deeply naive and just simply flat out wrong. Right. So first off, as much as we might want to subscribe to this John Roberts version of the judiciary, that somehow it's an umpire calling balls and strikes. This is just not how the justice system works at all. And in fact, I shouldn't even call it a justice system because it really the American system has very little justice in it. It's the legal system. So this is not how the legal system works. Whether we like it or not, there is incredible amount of discretion in the legal system. And evidence that one prosecutor will say is sufficient and go ahead and prosecute, another won't. There are certain cases that people won't take for political reasons, or they'll take ones for political reasons that don't have good evidence. There's just a lot of politics and judgment and discretion that comes into the legal system. There are no purely objective standards, at least, you know, apart from what I just said. If someone in broad daylight, you know, on camera in front of 100 people comes up and shoots someone in the face, that's about as objective as you can get. But once you get into overturning elections and conspiracy and inciting violence, there are no objective standards, whether we like it or not. Right. There are there are general standards, but they all have some gray area and discretion. Right. So the notion that there is any doubt at this point that there is sufficient evidence to indict Trump and his fascist cabal on multiple federal counts is fucking ludicrous. Right. Just from what we know publicly from the January 6th committee, from Trump and his co-conspirators own words and many other types of reporting. And again, this is not just the January 6th commission. Right. This is just the reporting of the last year and a half makes clear there is an abundance of evidence to prosecute. And remember, this is important. There is likely 10 times more evidence that we don't know about than what we do. Right. Or the January 6th committee alone has interviewed a thousand people. It has thousands and thousands of hours of of, you know, of testimony. Then it has, you know, tons and tons of emails and text messages. We just we've seen a tiny sliver. So if what we have seen and know is enough to prosecute, imagine the stuff that we don't know. It's just the notion that there's some question mark about whether they have enough to build the case it's just it's just stupidity. It's just foolishness. And again, not to you know go over the full list here, but let's just you know let's just review some of this, right? 
We have evidence that Trump knew what he was doing was illegal, that he was told multiple times that what he was trying to do in terms of overturning the certification of electors was illegal. We know that he was sitting in the White House gleeful as the Capitol was being ransacked and that he did not honor his oath to protect the nation. He basically cheered on the rioters. Right, and encourage them to go after his own vice president, texting, you know, hey, if only if Pence would do the right thing, when they were literally chanting, hang Mike Pence. We know that people were imploring him to stop the violence, right? We know, we have the, the, the recording of him shaking down Georgia election officials, telling them to find him 10,000 plus votes, right? And this is just, again, this is like barely scratching the surface, and the list goes on. Right, so we have details about his intent and his deep involvement in criminal conspiracy. This is open and shut in terms of whether there is sufficient evidence to indict. Now, when, I'm going to say when, because I'm pretty sure they are going to indict him. When they indict him, we'll get into a whole other thing about whether he'll be convicted and actually do jail time. That's a whole separate issue. But whether there is sufficient evidence to indict him, that's open and shut. Even very small C conservative legal scholars like those at Lawfare, the blog, or Preet Bharara believe Trump should be indicted, right? So when the, when the really cautious, risk-averse, small C conservative legal scholars say he should be indicted, like it's just, it, you know, the case is overwhelming. And of course, right now, through the very good work of the January 6th committee, more than 60% of the general public thinks he committed crimes and should be indicted, right? So look, if these actions, Trump's actions and Giuliani's actions and John Eastman's actions had been committed by anyone besides the former president of the United States and his close circle, we wouldn't be having this conversation. These people would have been indicted long ago and might even be sitting in jail as we speak. And on that note, there are people right now as we speak sitting in federal prison for decades for life sentences for much less serious crimes than what Trump and his inner circle did. I mean, really, again, remember, he did the most serious stuff. He tried to overthrow the government of the United States and incited violence. This is like sedition, treason. These, you can't get much stronger. In my view, these should, you know, these should merit the death penalty. I think absolutely 100% without a doubt, Trump deserves to be executed by the federal government for treason and for sedition. I mean, this is, you know, the only opposition to that would be if you just oppose the death penalty under all circumstances. I don't oppose the death penalty in all circumstances. I think there are some class of crimes so heinous that people deserve to die, and I definitely think this is one of them. So look, the inarguable reality is that the decision to indict Trump at this point is a wholly political decision. Does the Department of Justice want to risk potential backlash when it indicts him, which will lead to the second type of confusion that some people are mired on, which I'll get into right after the break.
So we've clearly established there's more than enough evidence to indict Trump. And again, I don't mean me individually, but, you know, everybody paying attention to this knows. But of course, there will be backlash if and when that happens. And herein comes the second type of confusion that people are mired in who are kind of worried about whether we should go ahead with this. Some people think that the MAGA crowd will start some type of second civil war or at least unleash some amount of political violence and mayhem when Trump is indicted. They also believe that Republicans and the right-wing media will go ballistic about how this is unfair politics played by Democrats to go after their opponents. On the first issue, I want to be clear, I don't think the MAGA world will resort to, to much violence, if any, if Trump and his cabal are indicted, because A, they're cowards and frauds, and B, most of them know he's guilty, and they're ready to move on to DeSantis or whatever next fascist wants to take Trump's place. But let's say they do unleash some mayhem and perhaps even violence. Do we want that happening when a Republican controls the presidency or a Democrat? Because if we let these crooks go free, we're inviting more corruption, and the next time they get power, they will definitely unleash more mayhem and violence, and they will be the ones in control. So if we have to crush the MAGA militias, let's do it now, when Biden and Democrats are at the helm and control the military and the national security apparatus. I want to be clear that I don't want to sound cavalier about potential political violence. I'm not. I take violence very seriously. I'm a pacifist at heart, and I only believe in violence and self-defense. But the point is, is that empowering fascists, which we would be doing by letting them get away with this corruption, only increases the likelihood for greater violence in the future, and when the same forces will be in a weaker position to counter it. So it's better to crush it now and move on than to let it build and get more entrenched in the system. Now, with respect to the GOP and right-wing media, the GOP are also cowards and frauds. And secretly, they would be thanking their lucky stars to no end that Garland did their dirty work for them since they're too scared to take on Trumps themselves. And when I say dirty work, I don't mean unjust work, but dirty work in the sense it's going to get his hands dirty and, and it's going to be a tough situation. They are frauds and cowards. They want the Democrats to clean up their mess. They want to get rid of Trump. They know it's hurting their brand. They know he's guilty, but they don't want to be the ones to do it because they're scared and cowardly. They absolutely want to move on and get behind a new, smarter fascist. So they'll make a little noise if Trump is indicted because they'll have to do it for the cameras. But so what? Who cares? We'll ignore them. Now, of course, the fascists on right-wing media will go crazy. But remember, they go crazy for anything. They go crazy for Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head. They go crazy for, you know, critical race theory. Again, who cares? If we let right-wing media dictate what we're going to do, we're never going to do anything. Ignore them. They're losers, frauds, and cowards. The way you defeat fascism is by staring it in the face and saying, no, you're not above the law. You're going to pay a price, and then you follow the law you indict people, you put them behind bars. This is how you weaken these movements. Because look, at the end of the day, there aren't that many people on the right willing to do federal time for the cause. They love the show. 
They love all their bullshit, you know, posturing and being on TV and Fox News. They love sounding tough. All these idiots from Steve Bannon on down are mostly cosplaying, right? They want to play tough. It's like the, you know, the fat, overweight white guys who on weekends go with their buddies into the, you know, into the forest with their AR-15s and get drunk and shoot at things, right? They want to act tough. They want to cosplay. But at the end of the day, they're cowards. They're pretending to be tough in their podcast war rooms, but a strong federal response that locks them up and puts them behind bars will quiet them quickly. So the bottom line is you don't let fascists and terrorists dictate your terms. That's how you empower them. You take them all on and you use the full power of the law to beat them because they are guilty and they deserve it. So when I come back, I'll have the antidote right after the break. Well, the coward said to the hole in the ground, I'm not trying to put anybody down, but there's a war going on inside my head, and you better quit or choose sides. Well, the hole it yawned, a deep, deep black, a wind swept up behind the coward's back, and down he fell into the great beyond. Okay. So I want us to imagine another scenario here playing out. Just imagine if the DOJ doesn't indict Trump, what he will do when he runs again. I guarantee, and I mean guarantee to the point I would bet $50,000 cash, that Trump would say, hey, you got nothing on me. That's why you didn't indict me. It was all a witch hunt. You wasted the public's money going after me when you had nothing. If what I did is so bad, why am I standing here? Why didn't you arrest me? I was just fighting a back against your election theft, and now we're going to take back the country when I win again. Does anyone for a second doubt that this is what he would say all day, every day, if it's clear that he's not going to be indicted um, before he runs again? And what would the public think? Wouldn't some of them be persuaded by that? After all, if what Trump did was so bad, and as if Garland said, no one is above the law, why would he be a free man standing there running for president again? You can see where this is heading, and it would be get much, much uglier if we don't indict him than if we do, right? So even though the backlash calculus is largely bullshit, because the right wing is just populated with cowards and frauds, it would be way worse not to indict Trump and let him play the innocent victim, which, again, what that whiny little bitch is really good at. They're coming after me. They're unfair. Witch hunt. Right? All this bullshit, he would actually be able to say it with a little bit more confidence because he'd be sitting there a free man. After, you know, you know, all these televised trials and videos, not trials, but committee hearings and videos of all the horrible things he did. And then he's like, you got nothing on me. I'm standing here a free man. So for the antidote, I ask you. Push back against anyone who makes any type of argument that Trump shouldn't be indicted. It is an absolute must. He must be indicted. It would be political malpractice of the highest order not to do so. I think it could be viewed as perhaps the worst decision in U.S. history to not indict Trump and his cabal. He must be indicted, period, end of story. So with that, everybody, I'm hoping the next episode I'll be talking about the climate bill that passed and something a little bit more affirmative. 
Um, but again, you know, righting the wrongs of the Trump administration and getting him, you know, behind bars ultimately, and you know, and, and not just him, right? Eastman, Clark, Giuliani, Mark Meadows. There's a whole a whole cabal here that needs to be indicted and and sit in federal prison. Um, but you know, but again, I, I hopefully will be coming back to talk about a little bit more affirmative stuff shortly. With that. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And with that, everybody, I hope you're doing great. Enjoy the rest of the summer. Take care. Be safe.